0: Hello and welcome back to We've Made It, a new craft podcast brought to you by gathered.how. I'm Sarah Orm. In this episode, I'll be chatting to my co-host Zoe Williams about how to organise your craft stash and sharing some handy decluttering tips. On with the show. So in this episode, we're talking about craft storage and also decluttering. And I think you've been doing a bit of Marie Kondo research, haven't you Zoe?
1: Yes. So we're going to also have a lot of tips in there for how to organise your craft stash. And yeah, I basically, um, when we were talking about podcast themes, I did a full on, I read the whole Marie Kondo book. I think it was last January, which many of us have, not all of us got to the end of it. And I thought I'd do it. And I did a proper January project. So I've done this on my whole house, but I think a lot of the theory behind it Um, will apply to those of us who have issues with containing their craft stash too
0: yeah I think a lot of crafters actually are hoarders and it's just their personality type I mean I think I'm certainly one of those I basically have um, and you're going to hate this since you've done the whole Marie Kondo thing yeah a whole disorganized cupboard where I've just thrown things in like carrier bags and shoved it under the stairs Sarah that makes me feel a bit anxious (laughs) I, I I, mean, I know um, podcasts aren't visual, but I th- feel like I should describe the look of horror on Zoe's face. I think we can all picture
1: the cupboard of horror. Like, is it craft stuff or just general stuff around your house?
0: I mean, a lot of it is craft stuff. There's paper, lots of different kinds of paper. There are bags full of yarn and unfinished projects. But I think I also have um, a guitar in there. and (laughs) it's like a cupboard of untapped potential (laughs) it is I think I I have all sorts in there I think I may have a tent um my house is very limited storage so basically everything that needs to be hidden away somewhere goes in my cupboard under the stairs
1: or in my downstairs
0: toilet which has kind of also become storage
1: in that case this podcast is for you Sarah because by the end of it you're going to have loads of because a lot of the tips I have been preparing to share are for if you only have a small amount of space.
0: Ah, uh, so this is this sounds yeah. ideal for me. So, yeah, because I noticed do, what, that,
1: um, like you say, many of us who craft and make things are naturally inclined to uh, acquire new craft supplies, which is an ongoing problem, and they can sort of snowball over the years. But I think you have two types of people. Some people have the luxury of their own craft room, and they like go to town and have beautiful pegboards and all this space, but I think the bigger camp of us are those that actually just have a little corner of our house that's a shared, maybe it's a shared living space and we don't really have a dedicated craft desk or like, so I like craft all around the house, like on the sofa, on the dining room table, in bed, you know. Um, And I think, I don't know what you think, my feeling is that probably more people are limited in craft space than have a dedicated shed for it.
0: I've always thought that people who have their own dedicated craft spaces or craft rooms, they're probably more in the minority. I know when I used to work on Paper Craft Inspirations magazine, we'd get people to send in pictures of their craft space. Yes, and that you did get some people who had absolutely beautiful craft rooms that were all really colour coordinated. They had lovely artwork on the walls, oh, and they looked I love those pictures. perfect. But um, yeah, but equally, you also get people, and it's they do their crafting on the sofa (laughs) or they do it on their kitchen table because they don't have the room which is very definitely my kind of crafting personality and crafting type.
1: I'm just laughing because as we're chatting I just looked around and I realized that I basically leave a trail of piles of craft stuff all around my house so even from where I'm sat at the moment talking to you I can see a big box of loads of kids craft supplies I can see a big box, which is my ongoing sewing project, just scattered around my sewing machine on the floor of my living room. And I can see the kids' hammer beads on the table. Like, that's just three different... Honestly, my husband, Ross, does. Um, he loves living with me.
0: <laughs>
1: it's a treat for him.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's funny you should say that, because I'm actually, at the moment, in the spare bedroom at my mum's house, you know, because we're living in unusual times. Yeah. And basically i'm surrounded by there's some big bags of applique fabric cushions that she's made just in a big bag next to me there's a canvas next to my desk (laughs) um there are several boxes and i'm not quite sure what's in them mystery boxes but it's all of her craft stuff and i know i know hers has actually spilled into her bedroom as well and she also has um, some stuff out in the garage. Yep. I would say, if anything, she's worse than me, but clearly it's um, inherited. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this brings me on to, like, I really want to know if people are listening what what your craft stash is like. So if you are able to send us a picture of, like, if you have a beautiful craft room, please share because we like to have something to aspire to. Or whether you are like us and you, do, you are currently in a room surrounded by... <laughs> piles of yours or someone else's craftings we would love to see um if it's just us or if this is a common
0: experience yeah like I said I think people either come into two camps like either you're an untidy crafter like me or you're the super Marie Kondo type which I don't think I am But maybe I could become one if you share your tips with me. Well,
1: there is an irony to me being the one sharing the Marie Kondo tips after just revealing the reality of my craft. But actually, so this is a neat segue into what kind of crafter are you for my surprise element for Sarah this week. So um, I thought we could start by establishing your craft personality. So I've got a quiz. A quiz? Oh, yeah. That's very exciting. And uh, I found it online, although I think we should be on Gathered as well. Um, and so there's four different personality types and if it's okay with you I would like to establish which of these camps you fall into
0: oh yeah let's do this okay
1: so anyone who wants to do this one at home this is actually a scrapbooking quiz so we might have to adapt it for um, whichever your relevant craft is I found it on a website called totally tiffany and so a lot of these refer to cropping which if you're not a scrapbooker Crop, a crop is sort of a group of scrapbookers, almost a collective noun of scrapbookers. So it's the name of the gathering that you have if you go to a place to scrapbook together. You go to a crop. Uh, well, this all make sense when I read the uh, options out to you, Sarah. Okay, so
0: okay. first of
1: all, Kathy, are you Kathy Craft Room? So Kathy loves to scrapbook, but only at home. So replace scrapbook for whatever your chosen particular craft is. A crafting space is defined... And her supplies always stay put, except, of course, when she's using them. And apparently she has a dog called Crop, who also is in her craft room. So it's an optional dog. Do you feel that that is a reflection of you? Do you only ever craft at home and you have a set... Oh, no, you have your cupboard. <laughs> <Crafts at home. laughs> I was just <laughs> thinking... That's great, <very> Cathy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, everything stays in the cupboard. It's not organised, <laughs> but that's where it is. So you're a little bit of um, A tiny bit Cathy, maybe. But also I do like to actually... Um, if I can, meet up with people and craft with them.
1: Okay, so that comes up to you, maybe the next category then. Okay. So the next personality of these four is Sophia crop I love this. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Uh, So Sophia has a dedicated space for crafting at home, Replace space with cupboard in your, your element, but she also enjoys attending crops classes and retreats. And it's important to her that her supplies are accessible at home, but also easy to travel with. Should you be changing your name to Sophia? Possibly, yes. That sounds a bit more like me. I want to hear more about how you craft out and about at some point. Maybe that could be a later... That'd be a great podcast theme, crafting on the move.
0: Yes. I feel like some crafts are more suited to that than others. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I've done a lot of knitting and crossage on the train over the years. Anyway, I digress. So your third category. So a refresher. So far, we've had Cathy Craft Room and Sophia crop a lot. So your third one is Karen Craft-About. Can be found crafting just about anywhere. Karen has got some craft storage space at home, but she moves around, as we've just talked about, actually, sometimes at the dining room table, sometimes in her TV room. She also enjoys going to crafting events and hanging out with crafty pals. Her supplies get put away each time she uses them.
0: I mean, I would say that's almost me, apart from the putting things away. <laughs> <laughs>
1: In the cupboard.
0: <laughs> in, in the cupboard of shame, yes.
1: Okay, so you're a bit Karen. And then the next one, Mary, mobile maker, always crafts away. So that's Mary at the end of the crop table in the lavender dress. I've never seen you wear lavender. Replace that with mustard. Mary's got a lot going on at her house and no space to craft. Poor Mary. Many of us are in her boat. Crafting is her time to get away from home and focus on her scrapbooking and crafting. Her supplies are always packed and ready to go. Imagine she's like poised and ready to leave the house and craft. Are you a mobile crafter like Mary?
0: No, I'm thinking I'm more. Was it Karen?
1: You're mostly a Karen crop. Was it crop about craft about?
0: Yeah. Okay. Whichever one. Whichever one she is. I don't
1: feel that any of those options were completely disorganized. (laughs) Just like no lives under a mountain.
0: Maybe this is a personality of scrapbookers that they are a bit more organized than other crafts.
1: Shall we talk about ideas for organizing?
0: Yes. Okay. So I have been spending time on Pinterest. Okay. As I think many people probably do when they're looking for ideas. So some of them, I have to say, are really easy ones. Um, Some of them, I think you actually probably need a bit of crafting skill or DIY skill to be able to do. So first one, really easy one that you can do, you can buy really pretty glass mason jars. Yes. I, yes, and you could fill those up with things like pom-poms or pencils, and they look really pretty. They look great on a shelf and you can see what's inside immediately. I have to say, I'm not a big fan of having everything labeled and hidden. No. I think I think it's nice to have things where you can see them. And actually, I think they they look good as well.
1: I agree and I think this is the first of the Marie Kondo lessons which we shall apply today to this uh, episode which is that I found something that was really interesting about the whole experience was celebrating the things that you love and making them more visible in your home rather than them being all buried in a drawer or a cupboard for example Um, and so I now have my craft supplies are quite visually on display because it's quite a strong part of my personality so I have knitting needles and a nice bars and I have um like as you say mason jars full of sequins and binding clips and um yeah so I I do think if you look because obviously craft stash can be really beautiful like it's a bit like stationery, isn't it we all sort of like all of it like whether you're it's watercolor paints or different colored yarns I think we should sort of like if we can display them in our homes amazing
0: Yeah, and I think you can get a bit creative with that as well. I mean, I quite like looking at if you've looked at the Bookstagram hashtag (gasps) on Instagram, and you always have these people with like beautiful colour toned bookshelves which look amazing. Why not do that with yarn? Yep, exactly. I would agree.
1: I have I do once a year, right, in January. Do other people do this? I get all of my fabric stash out and I arrange it and fold it neatly in colour rainbow order. So that's another thing I have on display, like the fabrics, um, as a, a sort of as a as a beautiful thing in the house until I get around to crafting stuff with them.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I do really like the idea of having things that are there and that are um, you know visible but also useful. So another thing you can do is I actually have these in my house, are uh, kind of. I would say they're like basket style side tables. So it's like a wire pattern at the base. Yeah. A little bit like a bin almost. Yeah. Like those old wire bins with like a <laughs> piece of wood on the top.
1: Okay, I'm sort of following you. A bin. Are you pick a wood bin? picture it?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Sounds it looks beautiful. a little bit like a it looks like a bit a little bit like a bin. It's got like a geometric pattern. Okay, yeah. So it's quite cool looking. And it's like why not use one of those for storing yarn? Yeah, I like that. Or you or your work in progress or or whatever it is, because it looks quite cool. And also it's a thing that's useful. We do appreciate that the volume of
1: yarn you have will affect how practical this is, because I also have yarn in nice baskets in my craft corner. Um, But it depends how many balls you actually have to store, which we can get into in a bit. Um, I found a great idea as well, Sarah, that sounds a bit similar to your your pretty bin. Um, Yeah. And I saw this thing, which was, You would make, which is, this is quite a handy idea for if you're in a, if you live in a flat or in a smaller space. And so you don't have the luxury of a whole cupboard or a whole, you know, corner to put your craft stuff. Oh, you know, those old tea trolleys, converting a tea trolley into a craft trolley. So you basically, and it would be good for some of those mobile scrapbookers. You can wheel it around the house to like whichever bit you're working in. And so it sort of, or fit it into whichever room you've got space in that day. Oh, honestly. And you can get you can pick them up quite inexpensively online.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a really cool idea. But when you say tea trolley, for some reason, I pictured one of those really expensive, like little cocktail trolleys. I think that's what uh, I mean. But like you can get cheaper ones now. I don't know the correct name for it. I want to call it a gin trolley, but I don't think that's the name. That is
1: what I'm picturing. Exactly that, but not an expensive one. But a, But it would look all lovely with all your craft stuff on it.
0: Yeah. And I think if you love the the retro style as well, that's it could be really cool. You could make it look cool. Yeah. Um yeah. And actually on that, things that you can adapt for other purposes. How about a magnetic knife strip to hold up your scissors on the wall? Oh, I like it. Yes, well, I, I, think I want that. It's it's a clever idea. I saw it on Pinterest. I thought that is really smart. And actually it's really good as well if you've got small children around yeah <laughs> who, who, and you want to keep the scissors out of reach yeah i think that's a just a really clever really practical idea that you can do could hold needles um, as well yeah you could you mm. could do needles i don't know whether it'd be quite as good for needles maybe they would drop off but worth testing worth definitely testing, i was
1: also when you said it i was thinking would that hold my rotary cutter probably not but um i also was thinking about wall storage for if you don't have much again if you're in a smaller space, because um, you can also get those, um, you know, like in a kitchen, some kitchens have like a bar that they hang, you hang your utensils off. You could do that and hung, hang small buckets off with like, um, hang buckets off it in a row. So you'd have like, t- you know, a thing of your, I don't know, your embellishments for your paper crafting or a thing of your binding clips, for example, or threads.
0: Yeah, yeah I saw somebody doing something quite similar with funnels. So you put your, your twine in the top of the funnel and you pull the bottom of it out of the spout. And so then like whenever you want some <laughs> twine, you just pull it through.
1: I used to have a ribbon box that was like that. And you, you the ribbons came through different holes on the front. And it was, in theory, this is a good thing we could talk about. In theory, it would be a thing of beauty and practical as well as beautiful. But in 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 reality, it just got so messy and was just full of random bits of ribbon.
0: Yeah, I think sometimes Pinterest Pinterest and Instagram, they don't necessarily translate but, no. to, to real life. <laughs> um, but, you know, we can always aspire and we can have a go. I think um, another fun one I came across was somebody using a wine rack for their yarn. Ah, uh,
1: well, it's one way to use a wine rack, although I can think of another <laughs> wine.
0: Yes. I mean, I suppose it might be useful if you had several balls of the same color and you wanted yeah. To, yeah. to have them where you can find them.
1: And funnily enough, another one that I have come up with, which I want to do actually in my house because I've got an old one of these, which is good for upcycling, if you're a fan of upcycling as well, is to use an old spice rack and ah. um, and put little jars on that. So I've actually got one that was my mum's that I've got sitting around that I want to give a coat of paint, but I think I'm going to turn that into craft storage on the wall next year. Yeah, I think that would be really good for things like little pots of paint, that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. And the other, I have an aspirational wall storage I- idea, which is, is not a groundbreaking one, but I want to, one of my projects I want to do this year is make my own pegboard. So obviously, yes, because yes, pegboards have been huge, like beautiful, but you can, there's so many tutorials online for how to make your own. You do it, And it's so inexpensive. You basically just need a, a, the backing board.
0: And if you've got access to a drill, yeah, and yes. some paint. I think invest in a drill or borrow a drill and... I think, yeah, they look really cool and you can literally yeah. use them for, for any craft. I think it's one of those wonderful, like, multi purpose things. And also, everything is on display as well. It's- exactly.
1: Yeah. It hits that spot of like showing off your craft supplies and like with pride.
0: Yes. Especially, actually, especially if this is another really good one if you've got limited space because it's all up on one wall. Yes.
1: We're loving the and wall actually, storage.
0: Another one I came across is if you've got space in a cupboard. Uh, you can get one of those hanging fabric sets of shelves.
1: Like the ones that you hang off the back of a door?
0: Yeah, those ones. that's what or I was going to can... say, like a, shoe, like a shoe thing. Yeah, or there's ones that you can hang up from a rail as well. Those can also be used for yarn storage.
1: Yes, that's a good one. And they're also yep, like so... another quite inexpensive one. You can just pick them up in
0: like Argos or Wilco or somewhere. Yeah, another one... Um... Oh actually, do you want to talk a bit more about your Marie Kondo? Oh yeah. And yeah. We kind of got sidetracked from that, but let's go back. <laughs> back into <laughs> I, track. I want to hear your I want to hear your process.
1: Okay, so I don't know who's listening who I mean most people have heard of Marie Kondo now and it can be a bit of a cult. And you get people like me that when they do it, they get really like passionately into it. And um I was at a stage where managing the stuff in my house was getting re- was really stressing me out and I was feeling quite overwhelmed in my own home. And one of the nice things she talks about at the beginning is have a vision for how you want your home to be, which all this applies to our discussion about your craft area as well. Like it, I think many of us have a really chaotic and disordered craft space. Like it's a bit like creative people. It tends to happen if you've got lots of projects on the go, but it should be like a real place of calm for you or a nice treat. And I really looked around my house and realized I was holding on to loads of stuff that, just stuff like and I'd, I'd moved house with it for years and it could be gifts that I've been given so I felt I should keep them and I ended up I went through the whole house and I would say probably ended up halving the amount of possessions I had Um wow. when I actually brutally looked at things and thought do I need this and which sort of brings me to one of the things that how this applies to your craft storage is if you can bear to do it it's worth really stepping back and looking at what you have and whether you actually need it or whether you want it like do a bit of an audit because I ended up giving away quite a lot of craft stuff as well as part of this because I realized I'd had it feels like I had a die cutting machine. I used to do a lot of paper crafting, I don't do so much now. I never used it, you know. And I always thought, oh, I will, that'll be really useful because one day I will use it to make my Christmas cards. But I gave that away. I gave a load of fabric away to schools or family members. Um, so if you can, and it's quite emotional and you had to be quite brutal with yourself. Have a look and see if you actually do need all, all of that. And I think you were going to have some ideas, weren't you, about what to do, like where to donate craft supplies as well, if you realise you don't actually need that volume of them?
0: Yeah, there are a few places you can donate them. I mean, I think a good starting point is quite often your local school. Yeah. So, primary schools, they often appreciate things like paper because they can use that in their art classes. Mm-hmm. Um, charity shops quite often welcome craft donations as well. Yeah, There's a good one that I came across called Crafting for Good. Oh, And you can donate your craft supplies to them. So they basically um, support community groups by passing on craft supplies to them for free. They sell off pre-loved materials to raise money and they also help to subsidize art therapy groups so that they don't have as much of a waiting list, Um, which I think is a really lovely idea because art therapy, it can be really beneficial for mental health. Yeah. Or, you know, if people are feeling lonely.
1: That's a really um, lovely and- idea, that concept that something you're not using could be
0: bring joy to someone else. Spark joy, yeah. as
1: Marie Kondo would say.
0: It absolutely can. And you know that you're giving it to a good home as well. Um, they do have a Facebook page, so it's Crafting for Good. So I'd recommend looking up okay. that one. We'll
1: put a link in in our episode post on the website about that, that as well.
0: Yeah. Another one I came across, which is really good, is called Reuseful UK. Okay. So that's reusefuluk.org. is the website. So what they do is they collect um, supplies for scrap stores. Yeah. So these scrap stores, people can go to them and you can get materials for basically community projects or quite I think quite often teachers go to those as well. And it's to benefit, you know, just the community, but especially children. Yeah. So you think of all the lovely things you could give to a scrap store that, you know, are just mm. going to have real benefits to the community I think it's a really nice way to give back
1: yeah I definitely found I had quite a lot of fabric and paper that actually I wasn't going to use but um like my children's nursery used it or like after school clubs um it's really nice to think that you can get younger people into crafting in the process as well
0: yeah or you can do um what one of my friends did when she was moving house and basically have almost a little party where you give away your stuff (laughs) I like that which I think is really it's a really sweet thing to do. And also, you know that you're going to be giving the stuff to people who actually really want it.
1: Yeah. Um, I think it's worth talking about, if you are going to be giving getting rid of stuff, how, um, I don't know if I'm the only one that feels this, but how it can be quite a, a mental challenge to sort of accept. So I had, like, people had given me gifts of, like, ways to, to store my sewing stuff that actually I didn't really like that much or you know and I think it's I think it's okay to say this is really lovely that someone gave me this but actually it's not really it's not really me and I gave away a lot of that stuff and then I replaced it with if you're on a short budget can I oh can I put some more Marie Kondo tips in here now oh yes please so um while there are those like amazing craft wardrobes out there you don't need to spend a lot of money to be all to to sort of order your things and also I think it's really worth you looking at your craft supplies and and almost identifying which are the ones you need easy access to quickly. Because I think for a lot of us, it can actually be a bit of a block to us making something that we can't, our stuff is buried. I'm not going to keep banging on about in a cupboard, but like it could, you know, quite often I don't start a sewing project because my sewing machine is buried under a lot of stuff. So a really first good first step is to identify what are the things you need easy access to and make sure that they are displayed at sort of at the forefront. And what I did was I went, know I, actually I walked past a charity shop and charity shops are a great source of really inexpensive and very cool retro storage. And I found one of those wooden seventies sewing baskets, you know, where you open the top and they stack out and it was like a fiver. And I walked past, it, it was like, oh, I'm not going to get that now. And I ended up thinking about it all day because I love seventies design stuff. And I went back and bought it. And now all of my I always know that if I need my unpicker, it's in the sewing box from one of my most used sewing supplies or, uh, you know, my pins are always in the sewing box. And it just means I know that's a really obvious thing, but before they were in like a 100 different places and I couldn't find them. So try and bring the things that you use the most to the fore and the things that you only use occasionally. For example, I've got wadding for quilts. I've got some big rolls of fa- bolts of fabric that have to be stored rolled. I put them away like in wardrobes or in like in spots in the house where I, I am only going to sort of get them out once or twice a year. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and also with drawers, you can you can take a drawer and just use like boxes, like shoe boxes that you have around the house to to segment in the drawer.
0: Yeah, I know Marie Kondo is a big fan of that. Yeah, a bit like a sock little... drawer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess the idea is that you open the drawer and then everything is displayed for you not hidden behind things you can easily see at a glance where everything is
1: yeah and again all of these ideas I think if they're useful and you do them we do appreciate that and then deep, that clutter can then just creep in along the way so you do need to sort <laughs> of refresh it again I, I tend to do a new year clear up with my
0: craft stuff yeah I think definitely it's the time of year when you feel that you need to organize your life a bit more and actually you know decluttering it's I mean it might can be hard to do as you say but there are benefits for your mental health because if your home is too cluttered, you might not realise it, but it's like a background noise um, and it can actually make you feel quite stressed. I would say that. And
1: I would say my house now feels much more, I'm happier in my home. It sounds really weird, but I am a massive married Kondo fan. Can you tell?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I have to say her, her series on Netflix was a bit of a guilty pleasure. But actually I do really like her idea that you... When you are throwing things away you say thank you to them?
1: Oh yes, yeah. so I didn't actually thank everything I
0: threw away. <laughs> oh, but well, the the idea I think is that you show appreciation for what they've brought to you in the past. Yeah. So it makes it easier for you to let go of it. It's like, well, you've helped me in the past. You don't serve a purpose anymore, but thank you. Yeah. And you let go.
1: So speaking of which, another hard thing which it's hard to let go of when you're looking at your craft stash. Not just sort of things you've been given, but what about works in progress, like whips that you've had sat in a drawer for 10 years? Like, is it yeah. okay to sometimes just say, do you know what? This isn't happening. I think it's, it's quite freeing to do that and be like, no, you know what? this project, I don't love it anymore. I don't want to finish it.
0: I don't know. I, I a little bit feel that sometimes projects have a time oh. almost. So this, this is kind of my feeling because I had this blanket that I was working on for ages and it started to feel like a chore. Mm. And I kind of left it and I left it for months and months and months. Um, And then lockdown happened. yeah. And I was suddenly like, this is the time. I'm going to finish the blanket because I need something to to focus on. And that's what happened. So I'm always a little bit reluctant to let go of an unfinished project because I think, one day i'm going to come back to that and eventually i will
1: oh don't get me wrong like even though i'm saying you should ditch your your unfinished projects i still have ones that i can't bring myself <laughs> to, to get rid of
0: but yeah i do i do mm-hmm. have one that i started um making for my little 2 year old nephew which was a little fox jacket yeah which was in simply crochet quite a long time ago and i started making it and then it it got to the point where it w- said something like do um double crochet for the next 100 rows
1: yeah and I just thought no I can't I don't do, want that. To do that
0: I don't want to do that I don't want to do 100 rows of double crochet and so I kind of gave up um I mean I have to finish it fairly soon because he's growing up I was gonna say I have I have a couple of whips for babies and young
1: children that are so late now <laughs> they're just like the child is definitely no longer a baby
0: <laughs> yes but I mean, hopefully at some point there'll be more babies in your life that you could give it to.
1: Yes. So you have, you've you got a, a limited time frame then to do a lot of double crochet in. I do because he's grown a lot. <laughs> <laughs> mm. You might even have to start it again to do yeah, a new size. Might,
0: maybe, maybe. He just needs to stop growing for maybe a couple of months. <laughs> if I can get it done.
1: <laughs> I, well, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure we can fix that problem with tips in this podcast.
0: No, I think slow down that,
1: time.
0: I mean, we'll build up to that eventually.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, so whips is a controversial one. Do you hold on to them for years or
0: or chuck them? Who knows? I have to say, I think occasionally sometimes I've actually lost a project and then rediscovered it <laughs> and been and been excited. Again, this is probably a result of me being disorganized. Uh, but there's a there's a certain kind of joy in finding it and going, oh. I'd forgotten about this and I do want to finish it. Um, so the Christmas Llama is one of those, <gasps> which I still haven't finished. Oh goodness, but I want to see the Llama. But I will finish the Christmas Llama one day.
1: I actually think I have a real mental block with, whip, with uh, whips. So when I did the Marie Kondo and I found them and I was like, I did manage to chuck a few out, but there were certainly ones like I'm making a pair of Roman blinds for my bathroom. Um, that I thought, oh, I'll finish those now. Now I'm doing the Marie Kondo, I'll I'll finish these. I still haven't like it's another year later like I sort of I mentally always think oh, I'll finish that any day now what I wonder why it is I don't pick it up and finish it you know
0: I feel like this could be a, a whole other podcast yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've gone down
1: yeah what are your mental blocks to crafting
0: <laughs> oh absolutely so what is your one good thing this week So my one
1: good thing this week is actually something I've been saving for myself. Um, I'm not always going to talk about TV in this section, but I am this time, Um, in that I have a bit of an annual tradition of I'm a big His Dark Materials fan, the Philip Pullman books. I think we may have mentioned before, actually, I read one each year, and the TV series is so exciting to me. But when it came on last autumn, I've saved it, and I'm watching it at the moment.
0: Oh, that's very exciting! Uh, in where, are you, where are you up that? to?
1: Um, I'm so I'm only in the second one, but all right. And I, I'm going to struggle to pronounce it, but I just love how they've portrayed the city of Sitagaze. I don't know how you say it. Do you know
0: how you pronounce it? Cittagaze. I think I think they pronounce it more like Chitagaze. I don't know. Yeah,
1: but anyway, I just it's such magical television, and so I saved it for myself consciously for the new year, for like to help me get over the hump of Christmas is over and it's still dark. And I'm watching at the moment and it's just a complete joy. It's just so magical and reminds me of when I was little and The Chronicles of Narnia was on television. And I think it's got that feel to it.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's just a lovely bit of magic and escapism. I think at the moment we could all do with a little bit of that.
1: Yeah. Um, So that's mine.
0: What about yours? So mine is that I'm rediscovering the joy of little projects. Oh, okay. So I kind of, I have a bit of a tendency to set myself big things to make. So like I'll make a blanket. Mm. It's a big thing to do. And usually by the end, I end up being a little bit frustrated and thinking, oh, let's just get this done. So I'm gone back to a small make and I'm making a little bobble hat. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So this one, it is actually a pattern that is on the Gathered website. So it's Alessandra Hayden. Yeah. Is that how you say it? Um, it was originally from Simply Crochet Magazine and it's just really pretty. And I haven't decided whether it'll be a gift yet or whether maybe I'll keep it, but it's nice just to have something that I know it's not going to take me weeks and weeks to do. Yeah, it, It's got a, there's like a time limit <laughs> on it. It's not, it's not going to take me forever. This isn't going to be one that I put down and leave and come back to. It's just a small project and I can get it done.
1: The satisfaction of being able to complete something. Yes. Also, there is something endlessly pleasing about a bobble hat, isn't there? Like it's one of life's simple pleasures. So snugly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you know, you'll be using it probably for a long time and it's like, okay, it's a not quite perfect, but yeah. as, as we've discussed before, I don't think other people would notice. We're not in this for the perfection um, no,
1: that's actually quite similar. That segues nicely into my project of the week this week. Yes, is something that I'm about to start making. Also on the website, um, we have a garter stitch cowl project. So Ooh. it's really beginner friendly. Um, it's from the Simply Knitting magazine archive. So it was originally published in that magazine, and it's made. So I've bought myself this ball of Rico super super chunky yarn, and it's bright red. And it's just gorgeous. Like it, you know, when stuff arrives in the post, and it's just such a treat. So I've got this yarn, and I've got this project. So I am a bit of a lapsed knitter. I'm not a very confident knitter, so it's perfect for me because it's basically just knit a load of rows. And I'm really excited about it. Can't wait to start making it.
0: Yeah. Shall I tell you what mine is? Yes. So I really like. There are. There's a knitting pattern for fox slippers by Sincerely Louise. Oh, it's a Molly which, Makes one. Yes. Yeah. And I think I eyed these up when they were in the magazine the first time and thought, okay, I'll get around to making that. And now they're up on the website. So I spotted them and I was thinking, I'm going to have to make those. I would say I'm not a particularly confident knitter. So I think I will be getting my mum to help me (laughs) um, (laughs) explain when I get stuck. But I just think they're adorable. And they are the kind of thing that you would really treasure. And I think you definitely could make them as a gift for somebody as well.
1: Yeah, I know the ones. I think they're one of those craft projects that they're almost like a celebrity craft project because they're so beautiful and they're shared a lot on Pinterest. They've almost like got a fan base. They're beautiful.
0: Yeah. So like I said, I've been admiring them for a mm. while, but maybe I'll now actually get around to doing it. Although, didn't you say that your work in progress was also Fox themed? Uh, No, oh. the bubble hat is not. No, the one your- Oh, no, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, I I don't know what's going on with my brain today. Yes. Yes, the fox jacket. So you like so fox there is a bit stuff? Of a... Yeah, I do. Actually, um, for some reason, people keep giving my nephew fox-themed stuff, and I don't quite know why it is. It's something to do with his... I don't know if it's his personality. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe it's just very cool right now. But, yeah, he's got, like, um, little fox outfits that he wears, like a little sweatshirt oh, and matching cute. matching jogging bottoms. He's got, like... A, a knitted fox that I actually bought, didn't make, but bought, which was handmade, um, which has ridiculously long legs and he loves it.
1: Uh, we used to play a game. Um, I don't well, we haven't mentioned this, I don't think, on the podcast yet, but you and I both used to work on Papercraft Inspirations magazine at different times, didn't we? And yes. when I was on it, we used to play a game of guessing which motifs, like design motifs, were going to be big trends. So ah. at the time, it was it, this is how long ago it was. It was before rape. We were like predicting that rainbows were going to be big and or robots. But foxes are definitely
0: up there at the moment. Uh, now I want to hear what your your thoughts are for uh, the next year.
1: Oh, what do I think is going to be big next year?
0: Oh, I feel like we should have maybe a trends episode. A trend predictor. And then we can go back in a year and see if we were right. Okay,
1: but I'm I'm not going to answer on the spot. I'm going to have a think about this.
0: Yes, let's come back to this in a later episode, definitely. Yes, trend spotting for 2021. Okay. Well, I think that's a really good place to end the episode. Yeah.
1: Thank you. It's have been you had a, a good treat. time? Oh, I've
0: loved this one. It's such a good theme. We'd really like to see craft storage ideas that you've come across or any that you've thought up for yourself. So please do send those in.
1: Yes please share your tips. I've been wanting to do an article about this on the website for a while anyway so it would be really lovely. We could make it a nice community article with a lot of tips from you for other crafters and vice versa. Yeah we want to hear what works yeah. for you. And
0: maybe send us some pictures of your craft space. Oh please it, do. And e- also it, yeah sorry. Gosh. Is it like my cupboard or is yeah. it super organized like Zoe's?
1: Well I don't know I'm not sure mine is organized but yeah so we want to see like pictures of messy craft spaces as well as organized craft spaces we want to see but the full range of personalities
0: yes
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay so that's us thanks for listening bye
0: bye thanks for listening if you've enjoyed this episode we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a rating or a review wherever you get your podcasts And don't forget, we'd really love to hear if you have any craft storage hacks or decluttering tips, please do get in touch. You can find Gathered on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Just search for us. Thanks for listening and we'll be back really soon.